Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Uh, we deviate a little bit today. We're not going to be talking about the Sermon on the Mount. <laughs> uh, because we're starting a new series and I want it to fall in line with what Pastor uh, Taylor is preaching on. So it's Be Transformed and the focus for the next few weeks is going to be uh, discipleship or evangelism however you want to put it, evangelism, uh, but uh, more about, more on this topic today is about discipleship, uh, which is included in evangelizing, I, I say, I guess. Uh, but the title is be, be Transformed, Make Disciples. And if there was another title, it's A Heart for God's People. And so in preparing for this, it, again, it is all about the heart. And so as we learned in uh, the Sermon on the Mount, uh, that what Jesus is talking about is all about the heart. And so he wants there to be a heart change and a heart for his people. And, and that is what he wants us to get today. We need, that we, need and have, we need to have a heart for God's people uh, in order to make disciples. Because if we don't have a heart then for his people, <laughs> uh, then we won't share the good news of the gospel. You know, we won't share our lives with them. If we don't have a heart for his people like he had a burden for us, uh, and we don't carry that same burden for people, uh, then we will see them and shrug our shoulders and be content with their lives and what they're doing and, and not be moved in compassion um, to see them become disciples. So um, we're going to go through a series of scriptures. I apologize in advance. It's going to be quite a few scriptures. Uh, so those of you who don't like turning your pages, I'm sorry. Uh, I may skip around a little bit. But thank you for the, the people who are running the uh, pro projector. Uh, <laughs> I felt sorry for you. I was like, oh, there's a lot in this, a lot of scriptures anyway. Uh, but we're going to start in Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, and then we're going to move around a little bit. Uh, but we're going somewhere, so just, just roll with me. Uh, Ephesians 4, 11 through 16, uh, it says, And he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, and some evangelists, and some pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God to be a to a perfect man, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of man and the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting, but speaking the truth in love, may grow up in all things into him who is the head, Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies. So we've got to be supplying, y'all got. <laughs> we are a part of this joint. we got to supply. Um, according to effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. So, um, so you may ask, so what does this have to do with discipleship? We're going to get there. <laughs> so here we have uh, the opening. He's talking about uh, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. And they are here for the equipping. They are, they are here to help the church. And two things they say, for saints, for the work of the ministry and the edifying of the body of Christ. So the, those five, they call the fivefold ministry, 
apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers are here to equip the church, the body of Christ, for work of ministry and edifying the body of Christ. So you are to do some work, and that work may include in, uh, discipleship, but also edifying one another. So it's a, it's a twofold thing. So we're working in the ministry, work of the ministry, and the ministry of Christ is to, to preach the gospel. That is the ministry. That is what we're supposed to do, is to go out and share the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so that work you're supposed to do, foundational in the inception of the church, and also you're supposed to be edifying one another. So three things we should be doing. So it's in our DNA, the church's DNA, that we work to bring disciples to Christ. Ultimately, we are, well, ultimately we are to grow into the head of Christ. So we are to become, we are to take on his nature and his character as the head of Christ. So Christ is our head. And I can imagine it as we, the early church, been a small body and Christ is his big head. And we are to grow into that, right? You know, have you ever, ever seen someone with a big head and a small body? I'm joking. <laughs> but you say as a child that they, they need to grow into that head. <laughs> um, well, here we are as the body of Christ needing to grow into the head of Christ, meaning that we're going to take on his nature and character. And the more we come, become like him, the more we're growing in Christ. And, we're, and we do that by edifying one another. So we're edifying the body of Christ. That's the second thing we should be doing. But we're going to focus on the work of the ministry. And so taking on the nature and the character of Christ, what does that actually mean? You know, I kind of gave you about a little bit of fortune ahead of time is that we're going to have a heart for people. But let's look at Philippians 2, 5 through 11. Because this, uh, this is what Christ did, and this is what uh, is the basis of his ministry, and it's foundational. In his ministry, it says, uh, Philippians 2, 5 through 11 says, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. So you may say, well, what is this mind? And so he goes on through 6, 7, 8, 9, and 10 and tells you what that mind is. And so some of us, we miss it. It says, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking the form of a bond servant, and coming in the likeness of men, and being found in the appearance of man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, it also has, therefore, God has highly exalted him and given him the name Jesus, <laughs> which is above every name, and that name Jesus, every knee will jump out, and those in heaven and in earth and and under the earth. And that every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So this is the mind of Christ. And you may read all that six, seven, seven, but I still don't understand what is the mind of Christ. Well, the mind of Christ is to be supreme being over the earth. And you have such compassion for the people on earth that you loathe yourself. And, and there's no comparison to what I, I, there's nothing I can compare to what Christ did in making himself a be- human being. You know, you can say, well, maybe if you were the queen of England and you lived in such lavish lifestyle and you decided to do- go to a Motel 6, that still doesn't get, <laughs> you know, that still doesn't quite get it. You know, maybe you say, well, you have an iPhone and, well, I'm an Android user. Some say, I have an Android and you didn't want to debase yourself to use an iPhone or vice versa, whatever team you're on, you know. 
or, or, or maybe it's because you, maybe you have your, your five-star hotel or resort that you're willing to go into, and you say, well, what is the worst thing that you would not dare stay in? What, what is the worst place that you would not dare stay in? It gives no comparison to what God did and coming down and how low he had to go for us. And all that was undergirded because he loved us so much. He had a compassion and a, and a love for us so much that there was no low that he would not go for us. And this is the mind. All right. This is this is the mind that he wants you to have. Do we get that? You see, Christ up here, he brings himself so low, and however you want to compare that lowness, he brings himself so low because of his love for us. And he's saying, I want you to have the same mind. And when you have that mind, then you can't, there's nothing you can do but have a heart for God's people. Because you're willing to go wherever they are. You're willing to meet them wherever they are because he has done it for you. And because, you know, we've become so self-righteous now. You know, we've been saved for numerous years and we've so far removed, we think we are from those things that we can't get low. Or I can determine who I share this gospel with. Huh. Let this mind be in you. And this mind is an understanding, it's an inward thinking, and it shows itself outwardly in an outward behavior. So what is the mind of Christ? By example, by the example of Jesus, who, full of humanity, kept not his own interests in view, but self-renunciated and self-humiliated, sacrificed it, even to the endurance of death of the cross and was therefore exalted by God to the highest glory. He gave up everything for us. He gave it up for us. Romans 15, 1 through 6, and it says, We then who are strong ought to bear the scruples or moral compass. Or says, some versions may say the weaknesses. that uh, may bear one another's weaknesses. My version, the New King James says, we bear the scruples, and scruples mean moral compass of the weak, and not to please ourselves. That's, that's, that's what I was trying to make, uh, Romans 15, 1 through 6. We then are strong, we then who are strong ought to bear the scruples of the weak, and not to please ourselves. Like Jesus did, we didn't please ourselves. Let each of us please his neighbor for his good, leading to edification. For even Christ did not please himself, but it is but as it is written, the reproaches of those who reproached you fell on me. For whatever things you were written before were written for our learning that we, through the patience and comforts of the scripture, might have hope. Now may the God of patience and comfort grant you to be like minded toward who? One another, not just towards God. <laughs> Sometimes we say, well, I got a relationship with God. I don't like his people. Um, <laughs> according to Christ, that you may be one, with one mind and one mouth glorify the God and Father of your Lord Jesus Christ. Here it is. 
like-minded toward one another, one another, meaning that you're willing to do away with your own self-interest to go about the diligent work of discipleship. <laughs> Help us, Lord. <laughs> and I will preface this, this is not easy. This is not, this is not a, oh, thank you, God, I'm ready. This is not an easy task. This is uh, one that will require you to die. <laughs> require your flesh to die, and you have to beat it into submission. And they say, Lord, this is not about me. This is about your people. Because you love your people so much to die. You came from your high position and you came down for us. And so you want us to go to the places where we once were. <laughs> I'm not even, he's not even asking you to do uh, miraculous things. He, he may be for some of you. But he's just asking you to do what he's done for you. Have the same mind in you. That's what he wants. He wants you to have his mindset so that we grow into him. We've taken on his character. We've taken on the nature of Christ. The nature of Christ is to be uh, is to show humility in every situation, in every circumstance, so that we win others to Christ. First uh, Peter two twenty through twenty one, it says, "For well, what credit is it if you are beaten for your faults? <laughs> you take it patiently." So what if you be, you get uh, in trouble for your faults? You take it patiently. That doesn't credit. That's nothing. That's what people do. But when you do good and suffer, if you take it patiently, this is commendable before God. For this you were called. What is this? Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us an example that we should follow his steps. So Christ suffered for us. He gave up his own self-interest. He died for us. He came to this earth. And even in that, is miraculous because it's you know you know you, you might maybe work with people who get in the higher position or you may see your your, your the VP or your uh, department or the president of your company and you don't expect him to be sweeping the floor that's not something that you would expect the president of the company to do in most places or the principal of your school or whatever you're doing whatever you wherever you work but that is I mean it is, it is I'm trying to get you to see how low Christ became for us. He was in this position, but he was willing to be the janitor. He was willing to clean the toilets. He was willing to clean the space behind the toilet that's really nasty looking. You know, <laughs> that's what he's willing to do for us because he loves us so much. He was willing to take that on. And he was willing to take that suffering. So, what we're, what we're going to focus on now is speaking the truth in love, which is verse 15 of Ephesians uh, 4 and 11, but also the work of the ministry. The work of the ministry is making the gospel known and making disciples. That is the work, the work of the ministry, making the gospel known, m- known and making disciples. And we have <laughs> the American church, I guess, or church in general. Uh, it says, I looked at some statistics, only 2% of Christians share their faith on a regular basis. 2%. 2. 2%. <laughs> so that means that 98% of us are not sharing our faith on a regular basis. Which is just the intro. This is not just, this is, that is just the introductory to discipleship making. Because discipleship making is actually teaching people about Christ and teaching them his commandments. But even just sharing your faith, only 2% of us share our faith 
on a regular basis. It says, I read, it says that we no longer, we are no longer fishers of men, but keepers of aquariums, swapping fish from pond to pond. We're not fishing men anymore, but we just have an aquarium and fish go from pond to pond. Is that, is that, God, that's so accurate. It says, I, I looked at something that says, Satan is pleased with, with a lot of churches. He is pleased with the churches because they have become hearers of the word and not doers of the word. So when we blame Satan <laughs> and, 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 and this uh, listening to this message, this guy, he said, we blame Satan. Satan said, I didn't do any of it. <laughs> you were hearers of the word and you just didn't do it. I didn't I could focus on other areas to bring ha- wreak havoc in and not some churches because you churches are just hearers and not doers. And my work is done and I can move on. We're doing his work for him. Because we are not fishers of men, we are not making disciples. Maybe we're not making disciples because we're not disciples. Mm. Disciple. A disciple is a personal follower of Jesus that accepts and assists in spreading the doctrines of Jesus. It's two part personal follower, and you accept and you assist in spreading the doctrine of Jesus. Some of us may say, well, I'm a personal follower, but I don't spread or assist in spreading his doctrine. Proclaiming the love of Christ is the overflow of sharing in the life of Christ. You can't help but proclaim the love proclaim the love of Christ because he is in my life and everything I do is is because of him and I can't help it's just an overpouring the overpouring of love that I have for his people because of what he is doing in my life not what he has done not what he did in my conversion but what he is currently doing in my life it is an overflow that I must share this good news with someone else it is my testimony. I can't keep it. It's like fire shut up in my bones. I can't help it. I got to share the gospel of Jesus Christ. I got to share the good news. I, I can't help it because he's just all in my life. The good, the bad, and the ugly, he is all up in my life. And I can't help but share that. Are we missing the life of Christ? Are we missing the life of Christ? Are we missing Christ being in our lives? every day day in and day out the ups and the downs and 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 i think sometimes that is where the fear comes in because we think like the world thinks and that when you become a christian or when you get when you have a conversion moment and christ wooed you and brought you in because really you didn't accept him he accepted you before you accepted him and he you just got the knowledge of that at some point and said okay now i'm his uh because he knew me from the beginning and i just took me a while to realize it and now I realize it, that I was always his, and now I want to live for him. But when we have accepted that, and when he's in our lives on a regular basis, we can't help but want to make disciples. But what we, what, what we realize is, and sometimes we, we preach this or live this unknowingly, is that when you become a Christian, that your life is good. No bad can happen to you. You're untouchable. Everything is... Uh, unicorns and butterflies and rainbows and you're dancing through the lilies and 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 the truth is life is difficult and unfortunately we 
want to save face and say, oh, life isn't difficult. I'm saved and all is good, brother. And, you know, no, (laughs) it's not good sometimes. But I have a savior. (laughs) I have a hope. And even in my dissatisfaction of my situation, I have a hope beyond that. And that is why I can go on. And that is what we need to be showing people is that in spite of the difficulties of life, I still have a hope. There's still more than just this life in and of itself. It's almost like the the three Hebrew boys who was going in the fire and they said it it didn't matter if God came and saved them before they went in the fire. But they they were willing to go in the fire anyway because they knew they had a hope bigger than that situation. And even when they went in the fire, he was with them in the fire. He did not say, I was going to escape. I was going to keep you from the fire. He was with them in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Um, Yeah. And then they came out not smelling like smoke. Isn't that God? (laughs) Even when you go through the trial, you come out looking like, did you go through that? I can imagine you having cancer. <laughs> but God can but the Lord can do just that. And he can look at you and say, God, you had the joy of the Lord and I did not know that you were going through this the whole time. Yes, that is my testimony. <laughs> that in, in even in the difficult times, God is in my life. Hmm. How do we make disciples? Ah, there's a myriad of ways we can go and, and, and <laughs> talk about how we make disciples. Um, Luke 14, 25 to 32. And it's going to go back to let this mind be in you. That's how we got to make disciples. Uh, Luke 14, 25, 32 it says, now great multitudes went. And I like this, chap- this uh, chapter uh, 14 because it actually talks about how lowly Christ was. Early on, I think in verses 14, 15, uh, and it kind of leads up to uh, Luke 14, um, 20, Luke, I mean 25. It says, now, now great multitudes went with him and, and turned and said to him, if anyone comes to me and does not, ah, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and mother, wife and children, brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. Now, what would make Christ say that? Because he had given up everything. He had come so low and humbled himself so greatly that the expectation is, I'm going to expect the same from you. Because I had given up greatness. (laughs) I was in heaven chilling. (laughs) And I had to come down into this flesh and be a part of humanity and die and take on your sins and separate and be separated from my father and die and be rose again for you. And so my re- my request is that you cannot necessarily and this hate. I'm, I'm sure if I did a word study, it's not like hate, like you hate sin, uh, but it could be. Uh, but ultimately saying get rid of the idols in your life, basically. Don't let those things be idols in your life. Uh, 27, and who, whoever does not bear his cross 
and come after me cannot be my disciples. For which of you intended to build a tower does not sit down first and count up the cost, whether he has enough to finish it, least after he has laid the foundation and is not able to finish, all who see it begin to mock him, saying, this man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against uh, another king does not sit down first and consider whether he is able with 10,000 to meet him who comes against him with 20,000. Or else, while the other is still great uh, ways off, he sends a delegation as conditions of peace. So likewise, whoever of you does not forsake all that he has cannot be my disciple. Count up the cost. And so what we've done in evangelism, what we've called evangelism, is just, hey, going out and tell people about the good news of Jesus Christ, which is an introduction, which is just the beginning. It's the tip of the iceberg, which I'm not saying that you should not do. But that is not making a disciple. It's important. Like I said, that is an introductory to making a disciple, but it's not the be-all, end-all. And so many times we uh, correlate discipleship making as, hey, let's go out and witness to people and share the good news. And we say, hey, Jesus loves you. You say a little prayer. You accept Christ in your life and then go about your business. Maybe they find a church. Maybe they make this. Maybe they learn more. And so many people are OK with that. They say, hey, well, I accepted Christ 20 years ago. Somebody pointed me in his direction. And, you know, and so, yeah, what church are you going to? Um, well, I don't really go to church. Uh, are you following his commandments? Well, I do some of them. I hadn't killed anybody yet. <laughs> but have you killed him in your heart? Oh, maybe I have. <laughs> and then you still need to be disciple. You still need to learn about Christ. You still need to kill these idols that are in your life. And that's where we fall short. We think that it's okay to package it up into, hey, you've been saved go about your business, and no one's killing any idols. And the first idol you got to kill is yourself. <laughs> but these things we place up in front of Christ that we think are okay. I had a uh, buddy from work say, you know, uh, he's working to get the most toys. That is such an, uh, like a <laughs> an American idea of what success looks like is gaining the most stuff. You know, I want a boat and I want a motorcycle. Well, have you got your motorcycle license? No, not really, but I'm still going to get the motorcycle first. Because you just want the stuff. Because that has somehow you correlated that with value in life. And here's Christ is saying, you got to get rid of all the stuff. So different from what we're used to. So different from what we've grown up in. Uh, and some people correlate, you know, their discipleship is, well, as long as you vote a certain way, then I'm okay with you. <laughs> as long as you can consider yourself to be conservative, then you're okay. Or, well, I vote this way, so I'm okay with God because I don't like abortion. I didn't mean to go there, but let's go there. Um, no. It has to be a heart change. It's not a way you vote. It's not a being in some kind of political party, left or right, center or wherever you are. It is about changing your heart and loving people. And if we can't change our hearts to where we are, we can uh, humble ourselves so low 
that we can meet people where they are and walk through life with them. What does discipleship look like? It looks like Titus 2.4, older women teaching younger women. Uh, 2, Timoth- 2 Timothy 2.2, 2, it says commit these to faithful men who will be able to teach others. So here Timothy is, is being admonished by Paul to teach other men uh, to be faithful. So he's being taught himself, and then he's going to take, take what he's learned and teach it to other people, and they will do the same. Ephesians 6, 4 says, fathers, train your children. That's what discipleship is, training, you're teaching your children. Hebrews 3, 13, it says, exhort one another daily. Here we are. We're discipling one another. We're working with one another. And what are we doing? In that process, we're building up the body of Christ. Uh, 1 Peter 4.10 says, minister to one another. And more importantly, Matthew 28, which I skipped over, but we'll get to it. Matthew 28.18 through 20. It says, and Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make Christians, uh, church members, uh, people who attend church on Easter and Christmas. Uh, no, what did he say? <laughs> Make disciples of some people, the people that look like me, the people who are in my circle. Is that what he says? All the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And the assurance is that he's going to be with us when we do this. His Holy Spirit. (laughs) He's going to be with us. We will not lose following Christ. The benefits outweigh the downfall, what you may feel like you're giving up, if you're not giving up anything. Every Christian should be helping unbelievers become believers by showing them Christ. Every Christian should be helping unbelievers become believers by showing them Christ. And every Christian should be helping other believers grow. And every Christian should be seeking to get help for themselves to grow. This is the cycle of discipleship. (laughs) I'm going to help unbelievers become disciples. I'm going to help other people who are in the same boat as me. We're working this life together. We need encouraging. I need iron to sharpen iron. I need you to speak a word in my life. I need for the praise and worship to do uh, ministry so that I can be in the presence of his spirit and I can be changed and my heart can be softened. I need you. I pray that you need me. We're discipling one another for what? This is the foundation. This is what we open up with because we are growing up to be more like him. And the more we're discipling one another, we're out discipling or sharing the good news of the gospel with others, then I get his mind. His mind is humility, is meeting people where they are. It's to come from my high exalted self, my high self-exalted self, (laughs) and to become low to meet people and walk with people through difficult things in their lives. Not to, back back to uh, Sermon on the Mount, not to point out the beam in their eye, <laughs> not to sit in judgment and say, hey, you hear about this, or I know this about this person, 
because I walked with them. I went to their house or I walked, you know. That is not what it's about. It's about seeing people go from here and move up and grow in Christ. Just as you are yourself. First Peter three, thirteen through seventeen. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteous sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. And this is, this is, there, this is to encourage you. Unfortunately, it doesn't sound very encouraging. <laughs> but even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts, and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With what? Meekness and fear. Be ready to respond to some because people do ask. You you don't you don't curse like everyone else. Why is that? You don't act like everyone else, or you don't dress like everyone else, or you seem to be different, or you seem to have a joyful disposition even when bad things happen to you, and I've seen it happen. What why why is that different? Why what's going on with you? People recognize it and notice it. And they notice it right away, even in, in just in a manner may, you may carry yourself. I knew you were different, you know. I, I never heard you say a bad thing, so I knew you, you, you was a, a good golly man or, you know, they assume certain things. <laughs> but be ready to give an answer. Give a defense to everyone who asks the reason you have that hope. You're going to give the gospel those are opportunities, and there will be. There, I could have gone a totally different way and kind of gave you a point by point bulletin, uh, which is not uh, where he led me this time. <laughs> but ultimately, he wants us. He wants our hearts to change, and he wants us to see his mind when it comes to discipleship. His mind is that there's no one lost. We can't write people off. We can't sit in the seat of judgment to say, uh, they don't look. Because what we become then is keepers of the aquarium. What we want is people who are already saved, who come well packaged together, who look nice and neat. Those are the people we want. And then we say, the old other people, I don't know about. Is it we, we, do we say we may not say that with our words? You know, maybe some of you do, but we say it in our mind. I know we do. I know we. I've said it in my my heart. Oh, I don't know if I could talk to them. They too rough. I can't. I can't go there. <laughs> the coworkers that you may know and you come up against, and it's like, yeah, I, yeah, I'm gonna let Jesus handle that one. That's what we say. <laughs> But he has called us to do it. Making disciples isn't part of what we do. It is the basis of everything we do. It is in our DNA as a follower of Christ that we share the love of Christ because of the life I share in Christ. Colossians 3, 1 through 3, and I close with this. If we are raised with Christ, seek those things which are above, where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, let this mind be in you, not on things of this earth, earth. For you died. For you died. For you died. Not for you died. 
and your life is hidden in Christ, with Christ and God. And so if your life, if you have died, my, not, my, my, now my life is hidden in Christ, then it is his life, and it is his will, and it is his desire, and I'm not going to be self-seeking, I'm not going to do what I want, I'm not going to choose the people that I want, but I'm going to do what he wants me to do. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.